end of August. It's the end of August, and I'm tired. The garden is tired. The grass is tired. Everything is tired. We've all had too much summer. Bring on the cold. Bring on the frost. Bring on all that death and destruction. Let's have some quiet and some peace. Let us rest. Give us emptiness. David Bud Bill. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's Poet Laureate of the Southwest, John. And together we're Henry and Poet Laureate of the Southwest, John, coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that their zeitgeist in order to give more inspiration to next generation's poets. Poets are, really, our heroes. Honestly, they put into words all the bullshit that we feel. And so I decided to open up this episode with a little poem by the the name of the end of August. Because, after all, it was the end of August. It is the end of August. It still is the end of August. It has been, and is, and was... The end of August. As we know, August, horrible month that killed everyone on the face of the earth, and I'm glad that it's over. Me too. The fires of August seem to have raged almost too hot, because uh, they even escaped the realm of fiction and became real. And that's a no good, to quote my wife. (laughs) That's a no good. This August had it all. Hot, fire, rain everywhere but here. Yes, um, we experienced, I don't know if we talked to some of the podcast, but uh, at my house, I experienced a, a dust storm for the first time of my life. Amazing, very cool, very apocalyptic. Uh, it was funny because the wind was a blowing as it were, and we saw in the distance that things had gotten a little hazy, and we thought naturally, ooh, yes, the cool, cool rain that shall rain down on us, and give us rebirth and cleanse us from sin. And so we ran out into the field to, to feel the rain on our skin. And instead of feeling rain, all we could see was nothing because dust was flying directly into our faces. Yeah. That, uh, you know, when Texas becomes more and more like, uh, Denis Villeneuve's Dune, it's not a good time. Yeah. Um, it was weird. It was horrifying. I can see why maybe the dust bowl, was not the place to be during the Great Depression, uh, because it it literally feels like the world is coming to an end, because there is no sun, there is no sky, there is only dust. Well, uh, you know that I uh, once had a house in the past. I should tell you stories about that house in the future, and these are stories about its, its condition and... Uh, 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 how attractive it is on the market since we've moved. But the backyard was all clover when we moved in. And if you know mm. anything about clover, uh, I'm really just reiterating this. Everyone who's listening to this knows clover, small roots. Uh, and everyone also knows Texas had a historic freeze in, I don't know, 2021. Is that right? Uh, which one was the historic one? The The bad one that knocked out power for weeks. That was 2021, yes. 
Uh, so we had a historic freeze that killed all of the clover in the backyard, and then our backyard was just dust. Just fine, fine, hard dust for the next two years that we would live in that house. And when the wind would whip through the backyard, it was truly the worst. Like, I, I can't even imagine living in a place where dust storms are a regular occurrence. Like, dust storms will kill you. Dust storms will blind you and kill you. Yeah, I, it's one of those things. You've seen it on TV. You've seen depictions of dust storms or the Dust Bowl. Everybody's watched Carnival, right? Absolutely, everyone. Everyone. I mean, it was a must-watch show when it was on. Too expensive to make, though, so it was canceled way too early. Um, but yeah, so we, we've all, we all think we know what a dust storm is like. And until you're in one, I don't think you do. No, because it was surreal. It was like being on a different planet. Which, uh, this planet is, uh, I don't know, slowly but surely kind of becoming a, a different planet. All our grass is dead. With the yeah. uh, recent rain and the slightly lower temperatures, I'm starting to see, like, some green return. And I feel like I've survived the apocalypse. <laughs> we, we are allowed to water our lawn one day a week right now. And uh, it, it's not enough to make the the grass more green it's just enough to keep the green we have yeah it's just enough to like stop the bleeding and keep your grass from dying further yeah because anymore i'm just flooding the the yard for no reason i feel like it it was a cute cute summer uh it was a cute summer and i swam a lot with my friends i had my birthday party at my two favorite locations in this entire city. And I was loving summer 2023. And then August came around. It's and a I bummer. was over it. It's a bummer month. Um, even the, for us, 100 degree temperatures started in July, but it was the end of the July. End of the July. Um, before that, in June and early June, early July... The summer seemed like it was going to be a nice time to be outside, go on walks, explore new parks where your dog could possibly go swim, go on an adventure, almost lose a sandal to mud at one of the parks that you brought your dog to swim, because it turns out the water is so low in all of the parks that your dog can't go swim without you getting really close to the... And then you just sink in. You just mm-hmm. sink into the mud, and you're just wearing your new flip-flops because you wanted to break them in. Then you're in dog mud. You're in the dog mud now, buddy. And then your dog is looking at you like, I'm supposed to be having fun, but you're mad, and I can sense it, and so I'm not having fun. No one's having fun. In fact, let's go home. <laughs> and then you and your dog sink into the mud. You go to a, yeah. you go to the mud world. It was that kind of summer. And August and, and the 100-plus degree temperatures it brought just said very loudly, no. I mean, I am no lily-livered chump when it comes to temperatures. A hundred to a hundred and five degree day. I'm like, well, this sucks, but I'm used to living in hot places and I can find something else to do. And Austin is known to have a few days over a hundred degrees sprinkled throughout the summer. That's fine. But that shit lasting for a month and a half is not cute. Yeah, uh, a couple of days a year was the max uh, for the six years I've lived here. 
and it was a big news event and it, it stood out. You felt it and then it went away. And, and honestly, when it came and went, you were a bit on sort of the appreciative side because now 80 feels very nice to you because you've been in 105. Yeah, um, it, it, God sends those days down to remind you that 80 is not so bad. Right. But 45 plus days, then a reprieve, and then more days on top mm-hmm. of 100 plus degree weather straight with like very minimum cloud coverage, very minimal excuse or, or reasoning to be outside without constantly hydrating and protecting against heat stroke. And that being every day makes it normal. And that shit don't fly, mother. Yeah, it does not fly, mother, at all. And all the water dried up. Like, there's no water in the state anymore. And I've had to switch to Real Ale Brewing Company Hop Sprocket Hazy IPA. A drink of the summer. You heard it here first. The water's gone, but the hazy IPA is flowing. The drink of the end of the summer, Real Ale Brewing Company, Hobsprague and Hazy IPA, Lazy Crazy Hazy, it's the drink of the summer, and you heard it here first. All right, uh, the third or fourth drink of the summer, depending on who you ask. Um, but yeah, drink of the summer. I, of course, am drinking the dregs of a, a board game night we had, that's right. High Noon Sunsips. Ah, I actually wanted to get your opinion of High Noon. Now, if you remember, um, I set out on a journey this year um, to become jacked and tall and as well paid as The Rock. And I succeeded in basically every measurement, except I think he's a little bit shorter than I am. Uh, And... As part of that, I drank a few seltzers, you know, cut down on the calories, bump up the white fish, be in the gym six, seven hours a day. Uh, And seltzers uh, suck, and I hate them. Oh, yeah. Uh, And I had to go through a lot of seltzers before I found one that was, like, even remotely palatable. And to me, that was high noon. It's okay um, for what it is. Because what it is... Is a vodka and soda in a can, flavored with real fruit juice. It's 100 calories. It's gluten-free. There's no sugar added. Uh, made with real vodka, real fruit juice, and sparkling water. The easy drinking, always socializing, great tasting, sun toasting, blue sky celebrating, memory making, awesomeness in a can, hard seltzer. Get out and enjoy. But very flavorful coffee and, and fruit juice aside... It's still a seltzer. Yeah, you really, you can't get away from the fact that it is a seltzer. I don't know what it is about seltzer and ciders. I want to like these drinks. They seem like they should be palatable and refreshing. And the most important thing is, like, crushable. You know, it seems like you should be able to, like, socially drink these throughout an evening and be fine. But what happens to me, inevitably, when I drink seltzers or ciders, I get this weird sugary bloated feeling after one that is not ever alleviated for the rest of the night. 
I really don't get what it is. High Noon is a little bit better because it doesn't like make me feel all weird from a ton of artificial sweeteners. Not that artificial sweeteners are like bad. It's just drinking a lot of them makes your mouth feel weird. Yeah. But I feel that even more for ciders. Like there is an exceptionally popular Austin institution called Cidercade that I have been invited to probably 150 times. And it sounds so fun. I love old arcade games. I love pinball games. If I drink one seltzer, I want to die. Yeah. Not it's, seltzer. It, cider. I it's not seltzercade. It's cidercade, John. Yeah. Come on. It sticks in the mouth. It's got like that sticky, almost Capri Sun kind of feeling to it. Like... It's sticky, and then it sticks to your ribs, and then it just, it doesn't, it's not conducive to drinking more than one. Like, if I'm going to have one drink tonight, maybe a cider. What I'd love to do on a night where I'm going to socialize a lot, play a lot of games, move around, maybe bust a move, ride the mechanical bull. Uh, What I'd love is to basically drink 16 ounces of apple juice seven times. Yeah. No, thank you. I've had a... um, I think British cider before that was delicious. Like, I don't know what European people are doing for ciders, but they're like a little bitter, kind of tart, very, very light, higher ABV, super dry, delicious, like really, truly good. And every American cider I've had has been so gross, and I don't even want to drink one of them. Maybe I, I'm this is we're in pure speculation mode, folks, because I don't know. But maybe there's like something with American fruit where we breed them to be more sweet, and maybe the European orchids, orchids, or places where they grow fruit, uh, maybe they don't breed them to be as sweet and more flavorful or and dry, so that maybe this that affects the the taste of the cider. Other, otherwise, I don't know. Are we just adding too much? sweetness to our ciders i think i i might be wrong but i do believe there is a kind of apple that is used to make ciders that's called like a cider apple that is not grown in the u.s and might be illegal to sell or grow Oh, because, one of those like raw milk deals where you we can't technically sell raw milk in the U.S. for some reason. I mean, we we can't sell raw milk in the U.S. because if it's unpasteurized, people can get sick and die. But it, no, no, no. The, the, the government's <laughs> oh, right, not yes. trying to protect us. The government is trying to keep our medicine away from us. They're trying to keep our raw milk, our raw water, our mercury. And I think it's disgusting. But I think there are these little tiny gross tasting apples that they use to make cider that we don't grow in America. Once again, pure speculation. And in fact, I'm positing an explanation. So I, I'm basically creating fiction. I'm not yeah. even theorizing. Let's let's get it straight. In this age of misinformation, you don't want us to just speculate and spitball possible reasons why ciders suck it could just be the genre of drink is not a good drink for us in particular and we could call it a day and move on however i've just crushed this entire high noon sun sips 
And I have to say, real big fan of the trend of getting more cocktails and cans in the U.S. I think that's a really cool way to go for us as a country. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, the only problem is I don't feel anything at all. So, I mean, uh, they're what, 4.5%. It'll, it'll take a few. It'll take a few. And I only have the two. So I don't know. That's, it's it's going to be a sober cast. It's a it's a sober cast, and for me, not so. Hazy IPA number two. Talking about beverages made me drink ooh. a beverage faster. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I have to ask you. I forget the brewing company. I will look it up real quick. But have you ever had a McConaughey's? Oh, let me tell you, my friend Henry. I actually had an incredible Labor Day weekend, and I slow-rolled you on this because I forgot about it. On Sunday, I went to the Germania Insurance Amphitheater, used to be called the Austin 360 Amphitheater, to see one of my favorite bands in the world play. Oh, who's that? Ghost. They're a they're oh, a metal yeah. band. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, though. But also, they're my favorite band, like, 2018. They came out with Opus Eponymous. I listened to that thing, like, 600 times, fell off in COVID. They still make good music, it turns out. Uh, drinks at festivals are pretty expensive, so you want to get the most bang for your buck. So I got a McConaughey's. Uh, and the McConaughey's, I got to tell you, it's one of my favorite beers, not just because it's good, but because they kind of figured out the distribution and it's at most places, like it's at the Ren Fair, it's at this festival, or it's at this concert, it's been at festivals, McConaughey's is all over the place. It's a super drinkable, popular beer. I had one for the first time in a, in a pool recently, um, and I have to say, was super surprised that a beer with a name... That verges on the stupidest name for a beer I could ever... Absolutely, 100%. ...was so refreshing. And then the reveal that it's Twisted X Brewing Company out of Dripping Springs, that anything good can come out of Dripping Springs, I feel like is the miracle there. I know. It's not just where rich people ran away from Austin, but McConaughey is super refreshing, pretty hot. It comes in at a pretty like heavy ABV. 6.5%. That's pretty hefty. For, for, a, for a beer you can get at a concert, that's pretty hefty. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy to but hear I, that, I, I got the McConaughey at the con the McConaughey is at the concert, and they served it in this massive chilled aluminum cup. Hell yeah. Granted, it was like $18, so I'm well, glad I got like a big pour and a big cup. But when you're in the sun watching a Monomarth open for Ghost and it's 105 degrees, there's nothing like an aluminum cup full of ice cold beer to rub all over your face and chest <laughs> so you don't die. I, I was at uh, Mohawk, a, a really cool venue here in Austin. I've seen a couple of ska bands and in between the first and second set, I just went and got like, um, I think it was a Lone Star, like just a drink to, you know, cool down from bopping and, and, and bouncing and doing my, my sorry excuse for dancing. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was so cold. I just immediately rubbed it all over my face. (laughs) Yeah. It's so nice. And I was almost like, I, I was almost like that was good enough. 
here, you can have the can back. Resell it to someone. <laughs> I'm not going to drink it, but I, d- I did end up drinking it. and it was Put this bad was- boy back on ice. Give me two more. Going to stick them under the pits, walk around for a little bit. Right. right. I'll see you after the next set. <laughs> I'll use them as heat sinks, give them back to you. I think no. uh, you would... Well, you have to be kind of careful, but as someone who like doesn't love to dance at concerts myself, just because I'm uncoordinated, I think you'd like metal shows because as long as you don't like get in the pit, which you totally can, uh, it's just kind of a lot of jumping and headbanging and throwing up the horns, which for someone who doesn't dance a lot, it's it's the perfect amount of movement. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... Uh... I would do at a metal concert what I would do at any place with music, which is generally just kind of like bounce and bop and bips and just do my little my little kicks and have a good time. Like, I don't care if people watch. It's just I, I know what I do and I know what I do is like the barest minimum of dancing. I got to say, though, it's uh, this amphitheater, which uh, I guess every amphitheater, the only time I've ever been to an amphitheater not to brag has been for classical music or musicals. Uh, And you know, an amphitheater is a seated experience. Yeah. But when you're seeing an extremely raucous, very satanic, operatic metal group that takes inspirations from Genesis and David Bowie. It's really weird to just be standing in rows with people. Cause no one's sitting like once the show starts, everyone stands up, but it's like, you can't really like move around and there's not really like a, a pit. I don't know. It's, it was, it was a very reserved experience. And I noticed like for the most part, like 95% of people weren't even like, bobbing their heads to the beat i'm like what are you here for yeah no i fully embrace like if you're i haven't been to many concerts but i used to be the kind of person who would like stand completely still i am here just to listen Mm -hmm. and i've really loosened up uh because if you're not moving with the music i I feel like it's a bummer for the band who can see you because all the lights (laughs) so yeah i at least like kind of just bounce you know to the music because it's fun it's great i have an all-encompassing theory of audiences okay and i think it extends to every art form throughout human history so it's a pretty humble theory but i think (laughs) it's very small in scope it's very it's pretty small in scope i could probably write a pretty easy thesis about this right it wouldn't but be I too think, hard to encompass all of the human art. I do think that the interaction between performer and audience is an essential component and actually the base upon which every live performance is based. Like, the audience is exactly as important to a live performance as the performers are. You're not as skilled, but that's why yeah. there are so many of you. No, but like. It, yeah. If, if you're in an audience, you owe it to show the people performing if you respect them what they deserve. If you're at like a classical, uh, I don't know, if you're at like a piano, what do they call that when people go up and do the various, <laughs> the various musics? Musicians? It's like when people do, like, they're all different piano people, and they do the different complicated piano songs, and you listen quietly. Oh, 
concerto i don't know symphony maybe a symphony same rules apply is like they expect you they expect you to sit in total enraptured silence and then at the end explode in applause like that that is the expected that's the air of what's going on if you're at a metal show people expect you to go crazy as an audience you have a responsibility to the people if you respect them and if you're in the audience you fucking should to be a responsive audience member who gives the performers what they need to feel good and perform well yeah absolutely yeah it's it's kind it's any sort of performance with an audience, you feed from the audience. You feed off of their energy, for sure. So if you pick up a weird vibe from an audience, it's going to be a weird performance. It's just how it is. Uh, so if I'm in an audience, and I, even if it's not for me, a, a local band showed up last second to open for this uh, for the show I went to, and they've only been a band for about four months. Uh, so they're they're kind of like, and, and honestly, we we learned later that the uh, one, the saxophonist answered an ad, ad on Craigslist like that day, incredible to be there for them to uh, to perform. So it's like they they were very rough around the edges for sure. But like even for them, I was like, I'm gonna bop and move because they're they're performing their art, and I I have showed up here, and I'm I haven't shown up to see to see them specifically, but they're here. And because of them, the show is happening. I'm going to be respectful and rock out because why else are we here? Yeah. Why else are we here? So it is difficult because I really love the two bands that I saw at this show. But through both of the bands, I saw a lady right in front of us, which not to brag, we were in good seats. (laughs) Uh, But unfortunately, there were seats. We weren't like on the floor. Okay, but we were in pretty good seats, and this lady in front of us was just playing like a phone game, like Candy Crush or something, the entire time. Oh. Obviously, she like oh, brought no. someone with her, and like yeah. she was having her own time. But to a certain extent, I'm like, be here now, dog. Right. Like, even if you don't like the music, there's so much you can get out of a live performance because it's a transfer of energy between real people to real people you can i don't know maybe i'm being like a hippie about this but i've met some shows where like an audience can really make some weird shit happen yeah and make something be really transcendent and cool if an audience is like with it absolutely you can you could turn another stop on the tour to like the stop on the tour you could performing live is a massive debit to the soul yeah like they are putting a lot on the line because if you have a bummer show and you're a performer it sucks if you have an incredible show you might die remembering that show (laughs) so like why why would you not want to contribute to someone's greatest memory you know i don't know um I, i just i don't get it yeah, I don't get it either. There but. were definitely some people who like came to the so Ghost's whole thing is like they call their shows rituals and it's all about Satan. Uh and there were about two thousand people in the audience chanting Belial, Behemoth, Beelzebub, etc. 
And you could tell that like 10% of the audience like just bought tickets because they wanted to go see a show and they're like, what the hell? (laughs) And for those people, I salute them. I'm glad that they opened their horizons for one night and then saw a bunch of satanic weirdos. Amazing. Well, hopefully it broadens their horizon, you know? (laughs) They're like, wow, this Satan guy is not so bad. (laughs) Well, maybe they're not evil (laughs) cultists, but maybe they're just celebrating the human existence <laughs> maybe satanists are just people too bah. we can all get along <laughs> just a hundred hank hills yeah uh this is a, a tangent i didn't think we'd get on but i'm glad we did because i've and, been at so yeah. many small shows and backyard wrestling shows and concerts while i've furiously thought of this theory that i'm glad i get to share it absolutely so yeah uh the message the call to action the call to action <laughs> oh is it like a cul-de-sac yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, cold the, action. the call to action uh-huh. uh for you dear fans and for us john and i going forward if you're ever at a thing a live thing just lean into it do the do the thing make a fool of yourself because yeah people have put way too many hours into performing their art to not have people be into it when they're performing. So like, if you go to a thing, even if you're dragged along, don't play games on your phone, not to call any specific individual out, but yeah, be into it. Buy some merch, bop along, learn the chorus. (laughs) They repeat the chorus. Yeah. If there's any part of the song you can learn, it's the chorus. And the great thing about any music is it has a beat and you could bop along to it and maybe you'll feel something. And this is extra credit. But if you're at a show and there's a pit, first of all, pit etiquette, you have to feel out the crowd. Right. If you're at a show and it feels very positive, if people are like shoulder to shoulder, getting really close, being very happy and you can feel it. And there's a pit forming. Wait for like the the pit to figure itself out and jump in there. We were at a show at Hotel Vegas, and Allison, who's probably been in a mosh pit before, but maybe not in a while, jumped in a pit and was like, "Wow!" Like I almost fell down, and people would like push me back up, and people like made sure I was okay, and then moved me out of the pit when I was done. Yeah, if the vibe is right. The entire audience works as one organism to take care of itself. So if you feel it, and you're at this show we've said you need to go to and feel it, get in the pit. Get in the pit. If it feels aggro, or you see people crowd killing, or you feel like you might get hurt, which is a very real concern, don't get in the pit. Don't get in the pit. I had a friend get his neck broken in a pit. Don't get in the pit. That's like death. He was fine. Apparently you survived most broken necks. Uh, he showed up to to brunch the next day in a comical neck brace. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, don't do that. Just going to slap a medical disclaimer on here. Uh, we are not doctors or medical professionals by any means. I have no idea if you survive almost every neck injury. But don't come after us if you don't. I mean, I'm going to say unequivocally on this podcast, our stance is don't get a neck injury. 
Yeah. And if you do, <laughs> and guess what? If you do, if you stop do, listening right now. <laughs> if you do get a neck injury, that's on you. <laughs> that's on you. We told you not to get one. You're going to regret it later. Yeah, you're not going to like it. If you get a neck, you don't realize when you get a neck injury, you might think it's cool because all your friends are doing it, but that's permanent. And you're going to have to wear a turtleneck for the rest of your life to cover it up. Uh, I feel like my neck's broken most days. Oh, does uh, does a little assassin sneak in through your window and give you a look? Every day. It's a my wake-up call. A little Hitman 47 look. It's a little pop. A little pop in the neck. Just a little neck pop. Uh, my wife asked me to pop her back sometimes, and I'm afraid one time it's just going to kill her. <laughs> You're going to pop right through that back and pop right right through the back like a mortal combat fatality yeah oh gross disgusting (laughs) uh but yes okay we've talked about some weird weather phenomena right Mm -hmm. we talked about weird weather and then we talked about concerts for way too long and now it's time to marry those two topics Mm. right yeah i mean so it's a festival I guess festivals are like, what? Let's back up. What are you trying to say? I'm being too clever by half. Mm -hmm. Burning Man. Mm. We've never really discussed it. What is Burning Man? (laughs) Oh, Lord. What is Burning Man? I don't know, man. I've spent so many nights out on the playa that I can't even tell you what Burning Man is. Right. Anymore. You know, I, I used to think it was a festival, but now I think it's something more. I, th- I think it's I think it's people coming together. You know, that's part of it. But I also think it's about the human experience. Um, I think it's about how we're all the same thing. I think it's about the blockchain. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I could tell you what it's about at this I point. Think it's about the blockchain might be the funniest thing I've ever heard. I think Burning Man is about the blockchain. Yeah, uh, I mean, according to this Wikipedia definition, uh, it's a week-long, large-scale desert campout focused on community, art, self-expression, and self-reliance mm. held annual- annually in the western United States. Mm. And they always burn a man. A big wooden effigy. <laughs> yes, and the man gets bigger and different every year. Right. Um, so yeah, it took place this past weekend it seems like that's not a week this past week this past week is a full week right the the man was meant to be burned on sunday oh okay <laughs> <laughs> to give you an idea of like you know it's a week long event the man is burned on a sunday right i've been looking at the dates it ran from sunday august 27th to Monday, September 4th. I guess Monday is wake up and, and pack up your stuff and leave. Because um, the man was burnt the night before for sure. Well, the man was meant to be burned right. on this, Sunday. Yeah. This time around. Burned on a Sunday. Solomon Grunday. Day. <laughs> um, dead by Tuesday. Dead by Tuesday. By- Wednesday. What? Great by Wednesday. Solomon Burn. Anyway, please continue. Uh, yes. Um, this 
year has been crazy with weather stuff and burning man apparently was no different uh for the people in the desert in the playa if you will playa doesn't mean desert playa means like beach or something i don't know i I just see people calling it the playa maybe that's just what they call it um they they you know you expect to experience the burning hot desert days and the very cold desert nights and instead, what they got was a torrential downpour, the likes of which Burning Man has never seen. Uh, yes, a torrential downpour. And also, I looked it up. Playa apparently means uh, a nearly level, a nearly level, why did I correct myself? A nearly level area at the bottom of an undrained desert basin, sometimes temporarily covered in water. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but yes, Burning Man is held in a playa, which is a uh, desert basin. Used to be a body of water. It is no longer a body of water. But it became a body of water at some point in the last few days, stranding, I think, 40,000 people at yes. Burning Man. 40,000 Burning Men were stranded. Um, among them, however, for some reason, was not... I got... This was a headline... Among the people stranded was not Chris Rock. He got out. Well, here's the thing about Burning Man. Everyone knows that Burning Man had a humble origins. And then gradually over time, it gained popularity. And now Burning Man is largely a outlet for the affluent. You go there, you do a bunch of drugs, Diplo fucks your wife, and then you go home. And you, you act like you had a great time. Uh, so a lot of people were drawing a, a lot of schadenfreude from this uh, this Burning Man episode, hoping desperately that uh, celebrities such as Diplo and Chris Rock were also stranded with the rest of the plebs. No, they escaped. They escaped in the back of a fan's pickup truck after walking through the mud for six hours. Yes, the uh, pickup truck took them directly to the airport where they boarded private planes, private jets, meanwhile, back home. Yeah, tens of thousands of attendees were meanwhile left stranded in the Black Rock Desert in Nevada after a heavy rainstorm Friday night. If, um, uh, if, if you go on TikTok, you can find a lot of really great videos of people who went out into the playa, went out into the playa to look for vehicles that had gotten stranded trying to escape. And there's a lot of like Range Rovers and tricked out Jeep Wranglers and very nice all-wheel drive vehicles, which is exclusively what rich people drive now, just buried up to the windows in dirt. It's great. I mean... From what I understand about Burning Man is it started out as like an eco-friendly kind of expression of, of humanity and togetherness and artistic expression. And slowly but surely, it's just been turned into another high end of premium experience for those with means to have a luxurious time. Like, I, uh, I, like a Coachella or a Taylor Swift concert. I would almost wonder, because 
I don't know what it costs to go to Burning Man. Fuck, it might be free. I have no idea. I never looked it up. Uh, but I think that Burning Man initially started as this like place. I don't know that it was necessarily eco-friendly, but it was like um, kind of this return to a central spirit of creativity and artistry and community that people were missing. And you could experience that for a week and it was truly magical uh and then i think as time went on the ability to travel and take vacation time and fuck off for a week kind of became only available to the affluent and then since only affluent people could have could afford to go to burning man burning man became increasingly affluent yeah so now um, it's just a place for people who have startups that, like, I don't know, allow you to rent out people's tool sheds. <laughs> uh, it, it it became a place for gig economy yeah. vampires to go and blow off some steam for a week. Uh, it, it, the name plays off the, uh, the, the term that's been growing in popularity, she shed. Um, but no, this is share shed. Share your shed with others. Mm-hmm. It's the gig economy. Um, of course, been... this is the um, we we tested a lot of names. Yeah, he shed, she shed, uh, yeah. and then we moved on to share shed, and eventually, probably, we'll just get to shed before too long. Yeah, um, or I Shedley. Found... I was thinking Shedley or Shed Shed dot AI was also Sh- a good one. Somehow, I want to work the blockchain into it, but uh, that comes that comes in uh, the next round of funding. Mm-hmm. I have found it, an article that breaks down the cost of Burning Man, written by one Brittany Anna's. Um, I don't know what SF Gate is, but that San Francisco. I don't know San Francisco Gate. Yeah, that's yeah, a, okay. that's a publication of repute. Yeah, this is a reputable place. Um, and and what Brittany does is break down pretty much the the range of costs that you could be paying. Um, apparently, Burning Man tickets, there are no tiers. One ticket gives you all access to the festival, but they are released in like time-gated sort of price structures. Um, the odd thing is the earlier that you buy your ticket, the more expensive it is. Fascinating. Uh, so if you went to Burning Man, you paid either $575 or $2,075 Oh, wait, $2,750 just for your ticket. Okay, that's pretty fucking expensive, actually. Yeah, um, but that covers nine days, apparently, of access. Okay, so what, like $300 a day? Yeah, so three hundred five. dollars That's still, I don't know, that's kind of expensive, but I guess it's a whole week and it's... Right. I think it includes, like, setup time, too, for your camp or whatever. Okay, I mean, yeah. I've I've probably paid more for less. Now, in case uh, you want to drive in, like if you aren't planning on walking, uh, you have to pay $150 for parking to get a vehicle pass that needs to be uh, on your dashboard to get into Black Rock City, which is the name of the encampment. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't drive once you're there. So this is just for parking, but to get around the big camp, you might want to bring in like an electric bike or a golf cart, something like that. 
Um, so that's just something to consider. So $150 for parking. Plus if you want to drive around the, uh, the thing, uh, you might, that might be an extra expense. Mm. Yeah. Uh, then it comes to lodging. This is of course a campground. Uh, so you're going to be either setting up a tent or more than likely bringing like a whole sort of range of RVs, airstreams, what have you. Uh, depending on what you bring, your camp free fees that you have to pay are either zero dollars or five thousand dollars and up. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you could you could be thrifty and just bring a tent and pay nothing, or you could live the life of luxury and have to pay a higher premium based on what you bring. And then, of course, uh, there there are your supplies. Um, <laughs> Because you're you're there in the desert for a week. There are no restaurants or vendors. Mm-hmm. You have to bring everything yourself. Uh, one attendee estimates that she spent four thousand dollars. Okay, come on. On supplies. Come on. This was splitting RV expenses with a group. So okay, sure. Yeah. Um, you could rent a bike for a hundred dollars. You could pay for other transportation to the city for a hundred to $710. If you want to save some money. Um, if you drive in, you're going to need to clean your car because the dust can erode, corrode your electronics and damage your upholstery. So that could be a hundred bucks. Um, so we're looking at anywhere from roughly a hundred to $10,000 for, or, uh, sorry, a thousand to ten thousand dollars for the entire experience. Okay, wide range for sure. Super wide range. I mean, I think groceries for a week maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars. A lot of Cliff Bars. All Some Cliff water. Bars. Just, just <laughs> a, it, it's just as many of those like huge multi-gallon bottles of water you can carry. And just boxes of Cliff Bars. I feel like there's maybe something not baked into this cost. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Baked in? Yeah, I feel like there's some supply cost in addition to your food that is not being accounted for. You're not going to go... Let me try to put it bluntly. Your expenses might get a little high (laughs) if you bring certain other um, uh, substances, if you will. Yes, uh, some some substantial costs, indeed. Yes, uh, don't get too far out into the weeds. I don't want you to crack... But if you but if you were were to bring any sort of other hash tag (laughs) items, you might be a real heroine. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um and if you know you also need to pay for your friend Molly. Yes, your friend Molly needs to go and her friend ecstasy. And their shared child, LSD. (laughs) LSD and MDMA. And don't forget about, oh, I'm going to drive in my Honda 5-MEO-DMT automobile. (laughs) Uh, We're getting into 
uh, areas that I'm not even familiar with. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying if if you have to ayahuascask, then you can't afford it. And if these costs are getting too high, there's no reason to cry stole meth. <laughs> there's no reason to cry stole meth, indeed. <laughs> But yeah, that, that could probably get pretty expensive pretty fast. Yeah. Um, you're not going to go to the desert and not do every drug on the planet, right? Not Burning Man. No, you don't go to Burning Man to not enjoy the fullness of the desert. You think I'm going to. You think anyone is going to let Diplo fuck their wife sober? No way. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you think anyone's going to watch Chris Rock dance like Harry Styles and don't worry, darling, sober? No, no. He's going to spin so many times old Chris Pine tells him to keep spinning. Do you? Yeah. Do you think Harry Styles was sober in that movie? No, no, absolutely not. He's British. He was spiritually at Burning Man. Yeah, right. So. It has become more and more of an event for the affluent, and Chris Rock and Diplo escaped. Mm. Uh, that just left 70,000 people isolated, unnamed, unfamous. Um, I know two people who were stranded. You do? Not personally. One oh. of them is the guy who died. <laughs> But oh, no, apparently, yeah. apparently he d- he died for reasons unrelated to being stranded. Which, like, how do you prove that? Right. Um, and secondly, Paul Stamets, the mushroom guy, was uh, stranded as well. The mushroom guy? Yeah, he's like a very famous mushroom researcher. Oh, good for him. No, Paul Stamets is great. High quality follow on Instagram. Okay, good to know. So you could get like a soul. Oh, no. Uh, So for the timeline, they said the man was to be burned on Sunday. Yes. But they had to postpone it, I think, until Monday. They burned the man and then everyone got to leave today, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, For the record, for people keeping track of uh, how much rain, there was more than half more than a half inch of rain that fell on the site on Friday, Friday, which, okay, I get it. it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's, you got to remember the, it's a playa. It's the debt. It's the desert. It's a basin that holds water sometimes. So all of that sand turned to mud. Yes. And so no cars. I don't know if you've ever tried to drive a car on wet mud. Not possible. Well, the, the thing about the playa is that it is, you are able to have a good time there because desert basins have a thin crust over very fine soil, like silt and sediment. So you can have a fun time on the crust, but if the crust breaks due to rain, it is a very fine, sticky mud that is basically impossible to drive through. Yep, absolutely. So don't get stuck in the mud. Don't you, well. The the only thing you can do is wait it out. Um, luckily, since it's a desert, there's plenty of supplies around for people to just forage. 
plenty of drugs to do. Um, hopefully you pack the contingency plan for having extra food or whatever. I mean, here's my thing. And maybe I'm being a pessimist shithead because I'm sure Burning Man is beautiful and about community, whatever. But they were stranded at Burning Man for what? One, two extra days. Yeah. And everyone's like, the community really came together. I'm like, you really only need water to survive for two days. Like, the human body can survive for months without food. So, like, did the community really come together that well? It's not hard to survive for two extra days. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a jerk. I, I saw the take I saw that I think more people should be taking is um, everybody wanted to be at Burning Man. All of the affluent Diplo, Chris Rock, other celebrities, I'm sure, who did not have their publicists reach out to say that they were there. Yes, of course. Um, they all wanted to be there and experience the same thing that everybody else at Burning Man experiences. There's no different tiered ticket prices at this event. Everybody's the same. You bring what you can with you. Maybe you bring an extravagant experience, sure, but in the in the campground, everybody is equal. In the playa. In the playa, all is flat. There are no mountains of meritocracy or capitalism until it rains. Then it's get us out. <laughs> yeah, we are all the same until we have to board our private jets to get the fuck out of here. Right, right. We're, we are equal. We're all in this together. It's all about humanity. But as soon as there's trouble, get us out here because I know y'all motherfuckers are going to eat us first. Diplo's like, wow, I had such a great time. I fucked so many people's wives. I gotta get out of here. Yeah, and Chris <laughs> Rock fuck is like, all I do, people. I, yeah, I, hmm, I just, hmm. We had a chance to uh, literally eat some rich. And what what did we do? We let him escape. We gave I him just... a ride. Chris Rock was like, wow, what an experience. But ever since I was a victim of that heinous slap heard around the world, <laughs> I'm a little gun shy and I have to get out of here. I got to get out. Got to get out. <laughs> got to get out of here. I can't be... <laughs> I can't have another slap heard around the world happen to me. Oh, you don't you don't recover after two. One you slap don't. you can shake off. Yeah, the second slap heard around the world reduces you to your <laughs> reduces you to atoms. Yeah, I mean you just become the slap guy. Like that is your doesn't matter what happened before, doesn't matter who you were. Two slaps, you're the slap guy. Two slaps, you're the slap guy. Uh God help the slap chop guy. It is it is important to note. I know that I said that I don't know if Burning Man sir is like a eco-friendly thing. Current Burning Man is absolutely not that. Burning Man generates an estimated 100 to 300,000 tons of carbon dioxide every year. Oh no. Which is more than 30,000 gas-powered cars, but it's all about people coming together at Burning Man, right? Right. And a lot of people did come together. Climate protesters who held a standoff with trucks from the Pyramid Lake Ranger Station, which is a tribal law enforcement agency, 
which then drove through the barricade, injuring people, shouting via loudspeaker, I'm going to take all of you out. You better move. Burning Man. We're all connected, except those fucking climate weirdos. (laughs) It's it's about connecting with your fellow human, maybe celebrating a little bit of the Earth that we don't get to see while killing off the rest of the Earth or expediting its death in one glorious weekend. Yes. we Now, of course, I do have to say the 100 to 300,000 pounds thing, uh, tons, tons, God. Uh, the estimate's weird because whenever people say that about Burning Man, the Burning Man event organizer, like, well, actually, BlackRock City puts out a lot of that i don't know dude it's not good either way yeah i think 22 uh, some number of thousands of tons of that co2 are from the burning man itself oh but when ordinary people exercising a basic democratic right are essentially run over so rich people can go have fun in the desert and do dmt not cool i mean like they literally are like cosplaying camping and a yeah super tailored to them space where they can be surrounded by their drug dealers and the tech bros who invited them and paid for their ticket it's it's college it's just college <laughs> it's just college it's not valorous no it's, it's not n- cool it's no it's no and, and yeah honestly this is the reason why we're bringing it up it's no fire fest it's no Firefest. And listen, if you want to have a good time, go to um Firefest 2. Tickets on sale right now. Might as well buy them. Might as well buy them. Buy- can't go wrong twice. Firefest yeah. 2, it's coming. Buy them and buy them and show them off on your TikTok. What do what do ex- what does history matter? History, what does experience matter? History is nothing. Um, because Firefest 2 is happening in the Caribbean. In the Caribbean Sea. On Friday, December 6, 2004. 2024. <laughs> it's happening in 2004. 2024. Look, the first 100 tickets already sold out. Um, the next 400 tickets, who knows? You know, coming soon. Priced at $799. And and the, the prices only go up from there. Look, this is your time. Forget Burning Man. Let's embrace Fire Festival 2. Forget Burning Man. You still have time to buy tickets. Genuinely, go to Wasteland Weekend. Wasteland oh, Weekend is Burning Man done right in that it's a bunch of people meeting up in the desert specifically to cosplay Mad Max and act like the apocalypse has already happened. That sounds really fun. And I the, bet- f- the first line of Wasteland Weekend's mission statement is racists, bigots, homophobes, transphobes, and misogynists are not welcome at Wasteland Weekend or in our community and will be banned or attacked. <laughs> I love it. I love the Wasteland Weekend is the new Burning Man. Go there yeah. instead. Go there instead. Forget the Fire Festival 2 jokes. Go no, to, also do also please go to Fire Festival too. Like uh, do, do what you want. Do what you want. The first uh, one was a trial run. Look, it's a beta test. They ironed out the kinks. Yeah, the bugs are now features. And the the, are, the, yeah. the sandwiches now have two cheeses on them. Working as intended, it just works. It just works. It just works. Ja Rule will be there. Ja Rule 
is no longer attached, I don't think. Oh, that one guy who's in prison will be there? <laughs> He's out of prison now. His name's so Prince he'll definitely be there. Yeah, he'll definitely be there. He was a Facebook and, maybe uh, before. He was a Facebook baby. <laughs> <laughs> he was a Facebook baby before. No, no, yeah. But... Oh, uh, also, in Spanish, uh, the word playa means beach. What the fuck? Yeah, I, I looked it up. I, I checked. Yeah, in Spanish, la playa is beach. How, how do you spell that? P-L-A... Y-A. Wow, just the same. Exactly the same, yeah. Wow, um, beach and desert basin. In, e- in either case, water is to be expected at some point, right? Yes, water is to be expected, either in the past or nearby. Right. Playa foot. Oh, that's beach foot. Beach foot. I don't know what that is. I just said that to say it. Chemical burn caused by the alkali dust that makes up the Black Rock Desert and Black Rock Playa. Don't go barefoot, oh. no matter how legal it is. I'm starting to think maybe uh, Burning Man has some ecological implications that are, are, are long felt after the festival. Possibly so. I... I'm very sad for the people who left Burning Man with Playa Foot. I, unfortunately, can empathize as I have a lifelong case of Playa Foot, which is one of my feet is very, is very good with the ladies <laughs> just uh, and can't be tied down. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, I'll just, I, I'm pouring one out tonight for those who left with Trench Foot. <laughs> oh, no. So sad. Those who left, you know... There's, I do commend their service, though. They were fighting in the trenches at Burning Man that whole time. <laughs> for their lives. They were fighting for their lives. They, uh, <laughs> they, had, they had helmets that had etched in them, <laughs> born to kill Diplo. <laughs> he, he, this was our chance to bring him down. Unfortunately, some passerby in a truck yeah. zip, whisked, whisked, whisked him away. Diplo's going to continue to make uninspired remixes and be considered a sex symbol, even though he's a totally personality-devoid 45-year-old man. I am not caught up on my Diplo lore, so I'm mistaking everything you say with a grain of salt. You should take it with a grain of playa foot. Right? <laughs> a, grain of, a grain of alkaline dust. I was actually... It's very difficult for me in my mind to separate the playa from the salt flats in Utah. Oh. So I keep thinking it's salty, and I was going to make a salt joke, but that was going to be like a dip lore. I don't know. <laughs> dip lore? <laughs> dip lore. <laughs> I'm not up on the dip lore, I I'm have not to say. The, I'm not up on the dip lore. Listen, I was really into the dip lore... Pre-COVID, I was like totally caught up, and now it's like a whole different thing. Yeah, it's like a brand new show, and one that I find myself questioning if I even want to keep experiencing. I could keep up with it when it was just the Diplo movies that came out every year. I know. They started the Diplo Plus and mm-hmm. keep kept doing all these Diplo Plus original series, and it was just a little too much. I still haven't watched Secret Diplification. <laughs> Simply diplomacy. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to say. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Simplification. It's it's impenetrable. <laughs> I watch Dipply. I watch Dipply. Yeah, yeah. It's just hard to keep up. The and then Jonathan Majors shows up with Diplo. I'm like, why did why is Jonathan Majors here all of a sudden? Right. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, of course, is the. Uh... <laughs> the Diplorarian. <laughs> the Diplo. Oh, don't even get me started about Obi Wan Diplobni. Actually, just called Diplobi. Diplobi. Obi Diplobi. Obli Diplobli. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a lot to keep up with. It's I, a, I really it's a lot liked to it. keep up with. And honestly, since Chris Evans left the uh, the projects, I'm yeah. Just... Ever, ever since Chris Evans left the playa, I just can't. I can't <laughs> I just... keep up with the Diplore. Really, yeah. Um, but I think that's gonna do it for us. <laughs> I, I I think that's gonna do it for us. Uh, so. <laughs> We found one idea we can't stop laughing about, so we need to end the podcast. If you want to send us an idea that uh, you can't stop laughing about, we'll throw it to me. All right. (laughs) So if you (laughs) find something that you want us to not stop laughing about, like Seplip Diplasian, uh, you can send it to us on our various social media channels, which Henry is well, going to tell yeah. you about. Right. Send us your very funny viral with us laughing ideas to our X account on Elon Musk's X.com. You know a website is working well when every day you have to proclaim as loud as possible that you are not an anti-Semite. <laughs> that is the tagline of X.com. So just reach out to us on there at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter X. And I believe John knows what that stands for. <laughs> yes, that stands for zero credits is pro Semite. <laughs> very okay. pro. Very, very, very. I've never quite heard that in that way before. But yes, that's what it stands for. We're also an email address. That's right. You're talking, you're hearing an email address talk to you. Send us an email to zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. And we will be back shortly with a message to you. But we're right now here to stay to continue the social media plugs. We are on every type of social media. No, that's not true. We are on every type of podcast service you can think of. RIP Stitcher, we outlasted you. Ha ha, ha 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 ha. But to name a few, we're on Google Podcast, Amazon Podcast, Spotify, Good Pods, Podchaser. If you could follow us on any of these platforms, that would be great. And leave a rating or review on the platform of your choice, that would be even better. However you find us, let us know, and we'll let you know that we appreciate it. But the most important thing you can do for the sake of this podcast and for everybody on this 
rapidly burning and flooding marble marble <laughs> that we call earth what you can do is just tell somebody else about the podcast tell them tell them zero credits is a show where they talk about things that are happening right now in order to try to understand what's going on and more often than not they just make themselves laugh and then quickly run away before anyone notices that we never quite tell you where we are ever because who is to say where we are we could be at fire festival too right now so tell a friend about the podcast tell a friend we're going to fire festival too december 6th the caribbean 2024 we'll see you there someone buy our tickets word of the mouth is the only way we can survive and of course i just want to remind everyone that a, a substantial portion of uh, my bingo score depends on the antichrist being ascendant so at some point in the next few weeks, I and maybe we are going to watch the movie Left Behind Rise of the Antichrist that was released this year what? to see if the Antichrist what? is in fact Ascendant, directed what? by Kevin Sorbo, starring oh, no. Kevin Sorbo. Oh, no. <laughs> Came out this year. No. Uh, we, we might watch it. We might not. But just letting you know, and from everyone here at the Zero Credits Left Behind Rise of the Antichrist Studios, we want to wish you a happy week. Goodbye. Goodbye. matter you don't want to watch rise of the antichrist i have watched left behind movies before it's the one thing that certain circles of christian movie makers think they have going for them (laughs) well guess what motherfucker this movie doesn't only have one person with the last name sorbo but four it's a (laughs) nepo baby movie Oh my, it's got four Sorbos. Hashtag four Sorbos. (laughs) Oh, uh, Legend of Zelda. (laughs) Legend of of Zelda. Four Sorbos Adventures? Yep, that would be it. (laughs) 